What up, fam? You're listening to Two Shots at the Line with Nick and Skur. I'm Skur. I'm Nick. What's going on? What up? So today uh, in this episode, right before the NBA season kicks off, we're going to be talking about Marcus Smart and all the drama that's going on with him. Uh, ben Simmons, same thing, all the drama that's going on with him. Players who want to get traded before their contracts are up. And, um, you know, as usual, the Celtic season predictions. So let's get this thing going and uh, lead us off, Nick. All right, man. I think we got to start right here in home with Marcus Smart. You know, according to Shams, Celtics suspended Marcus Gar- Marcus Smart for Friday's preseason game, the preseason finale against the Miami Heat. That was a big game. We had a bunch of players already out with COVID. Uh, Coach Udoka was asked about it. He stated that it was, in fact, one of his rules that was broken and that the issue was handled internally. Uh, Woj put out a comment later saying that Smart had missed the team flight to Orlando. Um, I just, you know, all this is starting to add up right after Rob Williams came out and accidentally let it slip in a press conference that there was an altercation during a scrimmage game between Marcus Smart and Grant Williams over Grant Williams flopping. Kind of ironic to me. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on this? Um, Honestly, like, you know me, I've been team Marcus Smart since we drafted him. Um, I know you were kind of high on him when we first drafted him, but I know you, you, his stock has gone downhill for you since then, but... Um, you know, this is just its starting to get a little too much even for me. I've always defended Marcus Smart, but, I mean, you finally have a coach that's not going to take any crap from you and not going to be like, okay, you can do whatever you want because you defend hard. Um, I think Coach Udoka is setting a precedent for the team. He's saying that if you're going to, you know, disrupt what the team is trying to do, we don't have time for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it. You know, it's funny because Jason Tatum was one of the big Coach Udoka supporters. He, you know, this was his guy. That's who he wanted to hire. Uh, I mean, do you think this has anything to do with it? I mean, there, there's been reports that Tatum isn't a big fan of Marcus Smart's antics. Jalen Brown and him obviously have had that blow-up back in the bubble, you know, during the game against the Heat when chairs were being thrown. They almost got yeah. in a fist fight. Even Brad Stevens, you know, G. Willikers is some of the news stations around here. He even started yelling at the players. So, I, I mean, that locker room was a mess. So, in Tatum wanting Udoka and the fact that he's such a hard ass with these players, I mean, that has to be a reason. There, that there's no, this can't be a coincidence. Yeah, I think what has happened is Marcus Smart's been there longer than everyone, so he thinks he can just kind of control the locker room and do whatever it is he wants to do. Um, and Brad was kind of letting him do that. And I think because we have a new coach and, you know, he's boys with Tatum that, you know, he's going to make sure that he's taken care of because Marcus Smart isn't the one dropping 25 points per game. Yes, he's a dog. He's a hell of a defender. But, I mean, when if he's disrupting the team and missing games for these disruptions – it's starting to become an issue. I mean, you're talking about disruptions. Let's just take a look at some of the recent history with him. Back in 2015, he was suspended for a game for hitting Spurs forward Matt Bonner in the groin. 2018, missed 11 games after cutting his hand on glass at the team hotel. If you remember correctly, there was rumors that he chucked up a hero shot at the end of that game because there was an Instagram model in the crowd he was trying to impress. And the fact he missed that shot, of course he did, and he lost the game. And he missed out on the girl. He missed out on the girl. <laughs> so that's why he punched the thing at the hotel. Missed 11 games because of that. And, you know, he almost ended his career, like you pointed out before. You can't have those antics. Then we're fast forward, you got the 2020-2021 season. He was suspended a game for threatening an official. You can't be doing that. I, you know, I understand that you get the heat of the moment. You're going to make mistakes in the game. You can't be threatening officials. No, you can't be threatening officials. You can definitely disagree with the call that they're making. And, you know, obviously Marcus Smart is very vocal on the floor. You can hear him over the crowd sometimes through the cameras when you're watching the games. Um 
And that's fine. You know, you need someone on your team who's going to be vocal, but when you're threatening officials, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't get suspended for longer, to be honest. Yeah, it's one of those things with Smart. The guy is an absolute dog. He plays hard. He's everything that you really want in a basketball player because he's going to go out there and he's going to give it 110%. But some of his actions, you know, it's almost like 70% good, 30% bad. But is that 30% bad what's holding you back from championship aspirations? You know, at this point, I'm not really sure. I mean, and, you know, talking back before about him getting in the fight with Grant Williams about flopping, it's a little ironic seeing as he's been fined at least twice for flopping. Back in 2013, I believe he was the first person in over two years to get fined for flopping. Yeah. So it's just a little ironic. Yeah, he's definitely known as one of the premier floppers in the league. And uh, to get mad at your teammate for flopping is just... It's just ridiculous. Well, not for nothing, but Smart even has a call sign when he flops. If you ever watch a game when he flops, he goes, Ayee! Yep. Every time, every, every time, time, you can you, hear it yep. coming. You know what's happening. And, you know, the, team, the league has to be taking note at this point. Mm -hmm. I, yep. I mean, and this is a lot. And we're talking about a guy who, for his career, is averaging 10.2 a game, shooting 37.6%. And, yes, he did make first-team all-defense back in 2018, 2019. But... That was back in 2018 and 19 season. You know, it's not like he's been, he hasn't been consistently on those all defense teams. It's one of those things. It's like, when's enough enough? You know, we're paying this guy a good amount of money now. And it's not like he's putting up 20 points a game that you can deal with this stuff. And he doesn't have half the talent of some of these guys that are usually head cases. So, I mean, do you think you can win a championship with Marcus Smart on this team? Or do you think that because he's been here so long and, you think he's, and he thinks he's the alpha, do you think that kind of holds us back a little bit? Um, so I'm still on the boat that he can win you a championship. He's just that type of player. Like, you know, the Tony Allens of the world that you want to have on your team, a dog, when you're in the finals, because even if you guys are fighting in the locker room or behind closed doors, when he's on the court with you, that's all that matters. He's going to die for those balls. He's going to get your back. He's going to go against the biggest player on the team. He's going to get right in their face. Um, so I still think he could be a huge piece for a championship. Maybe that's not with us, um, but I that's what I worry about too is if we trade him away, he goes to a team and instantly like makes them a contender because of his defensive edge and he's fresh in that locker room and doesn't have beasts with anyone. That's my my fear, man. Yeah. Like, on this team, it's scary because he's been there. I think he's the longest tenured Celtic at this point. And, you know, with that, he kind of has this false sense of this is my team mm -hmm. when it's, it's not his team. We all know that. I mean, it's either Tatum or Brown's team. I think Brown is the spiritual leader of that team. Yep. You know, he's a smart guy. Uh, and I know a lot of people look at him for advice when it comes to things. And Tatum is obviously the leader on the court. So it's one of the uh, where does Marcus Smart think he fits in on this? You know, he's not a better on the court basketball player than Jason Tatum. Absolutely not. No. And he's sure as hell not a locker room leader like Jalen Brown is. You know, again, he's a fiery guy. He plays with all the heart and emotion you could want from anybody, mm -hmm. let alone. A, a, I mean, Marcus Smart, he injected a lot of life into this franchise. I mean, if you remember, we were it was after the big three when we got him. We were in a rough like straight there for a while. We drafted him. And he kind of started changing the the attitude of the team a little bit. He started playing hard, but, you know, years went on. Pieces around him started moving. It was clear that he was never going to be a superstar. Right. And, you know, his ego kept growing, but his talent didn't keep yeah. growing. So He, he brought that hard-nosed Celtics basketball back mm -hmm. um, after the big three had left because there was a couple of years where we did not play that way. And 
you know, I that's what I appreciate about him. That's what I, but, you know, everyone in Boston loves him for that. Um, but, I mean, at some point, you just have to kind of cut your losses if this is going to be consistent because he always misses games, too, for dumb injuries, um, you know, getting suspended. Just It's just the list goes on and on. So It's, it's always something. Always something. So, I mean, I still would like to maybe see what we can get for him um, this year. But if not, like, keep him on the team and see how far we can go in the playoffs. Maybe run it one more time. Yeah. Um, and then trade him next year because um, it's a very tradable contract. I mean, speaking about players that add nothing but drama to their team, I mean, let's talk about Ben Simmons right now. I mean, oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, I told you earlier this morning um, that – Joel Embiid was talking crap about him. Uh, he's done with yeah, him he now? he said, I'm done with that man. Literally in a press conference right after Doc Rivers had suspended him for conduct detriment to the team um, because he was in practice with his headphones on, just doing his own thing, not even participating in the activities, just yeah. off in the corner. And, you know, you know it's rough when Doc Rivers suspends you because I can't think of a time. He was coached for the Celtics a good chunk of my life growing up, and I have never heard of him suspending a person for that. So, you know, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And Ben Simmons, like, if you're going to show up, show up. Don't half show up. Don't show up because you're losing money. Mm -hmm. If you're going to show up, just play with the team. Help your trade value because no one's going to want to trade for you at this point when you are showing up to a practice and literally doing nothing. You're not even doing it like the Jimmy Butler way where he's just screaming at the owners and everything. At least, Mm -hmm. like, Jimmy Butler was still playing and just showing that he is still a very valuable player. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler would go out there and humiliate all his teammates and be like, Mm -hmm. you can't compete with me. Exactly. But, you know, Ben Simmons, I mean, it's ridiculous. This guy has so much talent. It's disgusting how much talent he has. And the fact that Doc Rivers, who is a coach that's usually universally loved, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I think the only person who really didn't care for Doc Rivers, I th- really, I think, was Paul Pierce, because I remember he was talking about all that uh, Ubuntu stuff, or yeah. I, I might have mispronounced it, and he was, I thought it was lame, but he kind of just bought into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy, the whole thing. The fact that Doc Rivers went to him and said, hey, I want you to participate in this drill, and he's like, nah, I'm good. And Doc Rivers said, if you're not going to play, then go home, and he literally dropped the ball and walked off the court. It kind of shows this guy's heart. Yeah. I understand that Philly's been rough to him, but they also took you number one overall. Therefore, they did take a chance on you. I, I, I believe he got hurt in LSU and he played a couple of games. He had a back injury. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, it was the whole beef with him and Donovan Mitchell. He sat out a whole entire year. Philly was like, take your time, recover, mm-hmm. do whatever you need to do. We got you. Don't rush back. That, that fake rookie of the yeah. year. Yeah, and then Donovan Mitchell was wearing the shirt that said rookie and it had the definition of it yep. on him. Which I love, by the way. I think Donovan Mitchell still should have won, especially now looking back um, based on, you know, who's still playing for their team, who still mm-hmm. shows heart, who still shows up. Ben Simmons has not shown up, and, like, it just it just looks bad. Well, man. Donovan Mitchell's a factor for that team, oh too, God, though. Yeah. Ben Simmons, the guy, like I said, has got a, a lot of talent. And I, I've said it to you before, the guy could be LeBron light if he figures out a jump shot. Yep. He just clearly does not want to figure out a jump shot. I mean, I to be I don't think he's Giannis. I think Giannis is a once-in-a-lifetime kind true, of player. True, uh, That skill set is disgusting. Yeah. Um, and, and that being said, his skill set's weird because it's not like he's – he can't shoot. He just can get to the rim like it's nothing. Two steps and he's there from the three-point line. It's disgusting. Ben Simmons is long. Um, LeBron literally said he could be the best player in the league if he put in the effort. I remember watching him in uh, the summer games, uh, the Las Vegas Summer League at one point, yeah. and 
his passing was disgusting. His court vision, his IQ was insane. Even his defense, he was mm-hmm. all-team defense this he, year, right? He, talk about a defender. We were talking about how good of a defender Marcus Smart is. Ben Simmons is consistently an all-team defense guy. Mm-hmm. He's disgusting at defense. You know, he's he can lock people down. And, you know, if you play him at the one like he wants to be, he wants to be a big point guard, That's you have a 6'10 point guard. Yep. And most point guards are, what, 6'2"? Yeah. Forget about it. And, and you, you don't even need him to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, because, I mean, if you have a team that is kind of like how they build around LeBron, just surround him with three-pointers, or three-point shooters, rather, um, you know, he's he's going to be set. He can score, you know, 12, 15 points a game, and that's fine because he's going to get your offense going. He's probably going to average 10 assists. He's going to defend the best guy on the other team. And if you can defend like that, you don't need to have the craziest offensive mm-hmm. game. Just, you know, dunk when you have a wide-open dunk. That's all they ask. That being said, do you think there's a way for him to fix what's going on in Philly, or do you think it's done? God, no. I, I just, especially after today where he got suspended um, just for not even trying. Like, if you, if it's hurting your wallet that bad, show up and try, like mm-hmm. I said earlier. But, I mean, there's no way he can. If Joel Embiid is completely out on you, mm-hmm. and he's that, letting Andre Drummond in, and you cannot get back that's joel yeah. and Bede's team yeah that you know. it, it has been since the end of last season when yeah. they got eliminated by i think it's even Hawks. been i think it's been his team for longer but officially yeah like joel and because he said even joel said that they were building the team around ben simmons that's why they didn't sign butler that's mm-hmm. you know why they made some of the moves that they did um and you know don't do that to a team where you're gonna have have them be like nope i don't want this guy he's he's playing me too hard in deep on practice like can I give you a hot take right now? Would love to hear. I would still take Ben Simmons over Joel Embiid. And hear me out, only for building a team purpose. Because I think that a player like Ben Simmons only comes around every once in a while. You know, that skill set, that size, like everything about him, you can only find one of those every now and then. Yeah. Very hard to come by. And if you put makes him put some work ethic in, learn a jumper, and turn into a more of a complete player... Even if it's just a mid-range game, you know, something. DeMar DeRozan-like. Yeah, you know, something. You have yourself a, almost a unicorn, you know. Facts. Joel Embiid is, right now, he is a much better player than Ben Simmons. I'm not disagreeing on that. My only thing with Joel Embiid is health. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of good centers out there right now. I mean, let's talk the about... The center position is strong. you got Nikola Jokic. Ooh. I mean, I, I'm a big DeAndre Ayton MVP. fan. I mean, Nikola Jokic. Ayton is not MB, so not even close. But, you know, he, he like you said earlier to me, that he did help the Phoenix Suns win a game in the finals. He's a good player. Yep. And, you know, there are good centers in the league. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, the thing that, if I were building a team, I would also pick Ben Simmons, but... Not because of the potential. I just think the longevity. He's going to be able to play in this league a lot mm-hmm. longer than Embiid is. Oh, absolutely. Because um, Embiid is just like, you know, he's hell of a talent. So good. But um, he's just he plays center. It's a position that just gets beat up. He doesn't have that weird, like, backyard basketball finesse like Nikola Jokic does. Because mm-hmm. I can see Nikola Jokic playing for another 10 years. No, Nikola Jokic, he, the way, his game is all about, like, pure skill in the sense that he's a pure passer. You know, he can shoot the three. He's not the most athletic guy. That's the kind of stuff that translates well into your mid-30s, mm-hmm. where Embiid uses explosiveness a lot. I mean, not that he's that explosive, but a guy his size moving like that yeah. is impressive. And, you know, it's he's going to he's gonna wear down in this league a lot earlier than Jokic is. Yeah, and I think um, he's going to wear down probably 
before the Philadelphia 76ers have a chance to even make it to the finals, unfortunately. They had their chances a couple times. I think with the way the East is built right now, um, you know, you got Brooklyn, you got Milwaukee, the Heat even, um, adding Kyle Lowry. Brooklyn right now is um, getting absolutely spanked by Milwaukee in this first quarter. Yeah, they got that championship ring hype. <laughs> uh, we, just, we just watched the uh, championship ring ceremony uh, right before we went live on this podcast, and it was pretty epic. Pretty epic. And speaking of that, I might as well just segue into this real quick. Did you see Giannis' shooting the other night? In the I did not, game? no. I did oh, not. Oh, man, he was just stepping right into threes. And if that's what oh. he's doing, and he's he was draining them, and they were looking good. How old's Giannis? I think he's like 25, 26 yeah, at this point. Um, if he can figure out a three-point shot, forget about it. He's already almost unguardable. Yeah. And they were leaving him wide open, and that's the thing is, like, I guarantee he worked on that all last season. Oh, 100%. Season. Um, and he probably got with Chris Middleton, and they probably put it together. Yeah. I mean, the, the two of them together have really turned into a great one-two punch. I, I still wouldn't take Middleton as my number two guy, but that being said, Milwaukee obviously made it work. They won a chip last year with that, so. And Middleton showed up when it mattered, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, like, I... In the same boat, I probably wouldn't take him as my number two guy, but if he was my number two guy, I wouldn't be mad because that dude can shoot the lights out. Oh, absolutely. He and he's a good so defender, good. too. And he's such a good defender. He's long. He makes smart basketball plays. Um, Watching Milwaukee's team, though, you know, it's almost, they're such a throwback to how teams used to be. Like, they're such a good defensive team. They went out and traded for Drew Holiday, who's a very good defensive point guard. Giannis is a great defender. Uh, you have uh, Middleton, like we were just saying, is a very good defender. Lopez. Pat Connington is a good defender and a good three guy. Uh, you have so many good defenders on this team, and a lot of teams aren't built like that. I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets right now, who are a superstar abundant. You know, you got the corpse of Lamarcus Aldridge out there. You got uh, KD oh, yeah. with his big ass feet. <laughs> uh, Kyrie would have been there, but you know, oh yeah, part time player. Uh, James Harden's probably still working off those chicken wings he got at the strip club. Um, but you know, let's uh, let's yeah. use that to segue into you know James Harden's a good launching point with this. Let's talk about this new rule that's being discussed: players who want out of their teams after signing new contracts. Uh, Jake Fisher of the Bleacher Report just put this out. Team officials have recently discussed the possibility of introducing monetary repercussions for players who ask out of their contracts. The proposals have varied, but they largely center on something that would be a reverse trade kicker of sorts, where players can receive a maximum bonus of 15% of their salary if a team decides to move them. Some team officials want to see a player who requests a trade forfeit up towards of 70% of his salary. What are your thoughts on that? Um, So, I mean, the number difference is like, hey, if we trade you, we'll give you an extra 15%. But if you want to get traded, uh, we're going to, like, tax you 70%. I just, I don't think that is um, fair. If you're going to do something like that, meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my next question is, like, is that going to be for every contract? Or is this just going to be max contracts only for superstar players? Well, let's be honest. Every player is getting a max contract these days. Yeah, for the most part. Marcus Smart's making almost $20 million a year at this point. Yeah. um, But, I mean, I like the rule because, you know, if you sign with the team long term, Uh you know... You, you should be planning on being there. Don't... It's a commitment. You know, these players are chasing the dollar amount, which when you're playing a sport that's your livelihood, injuries can happen every any minute. I understand get that. Get that bag. They're trying to get that bag. Just ask Dennis Schroeder right now about getting that bag. But, you know, that being said, you know, these teams sit there. It's a commitment on their end, too, because a player can still go out there and get hurt. They're giving this money to players because they look at them as the faces of their franchise, as players, they want to build around, and they want their long term. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's a little bit on both sides. You know, it's a give and take. These teams, 
are paying these players because they want to make money off the players and the players want their money. But what ki- it, it kills me when players sit there and ask out. You know, Ben Simmons, who's just not even starting his max contract that he signed. Is already asking him. Yeah, and, you know, I have more respect for someone like Dame Lillard, who, you know, he's on a super max contract right now, absolutely. But that being said, he's trying He's trying with that team. I, I think he's a few years in at this point on his contract. He's trying to win a chip with that Portland team. That's yeah. all he cares about. But you have all these other players who's like James Harden. On Houston was getting a max contract. Houston constantly tried to build that team around trading him. trading for superstar year after year. They have no draft picks. Yeah, and you know, and they were taking shots at everything, anything to make it work. And you know, at the end of the day, he looked at it and said, "Nah, you know, I still want out." And yeah. I understand if a situation's not working, it's not working. But you know, when you sit there and you want to get traded out of a situation and you force a team's hand. They're really, they're not going to get what you're worth. Yeah, and honestly, especially when you request trade, they know that your value is low. So here's my thing is if the team is, you know, they sign you to a max contract and then trade everyone away that was there originally Mm -hmm. or blow the team up and then try to rebuild. That's a different story. Yeah, that's a completely different story. But when you're on a championship contending team, such as a James Harden, such as a Ben Simmons, you know, you should not be requesting a trade right as you're signing your max contract or like in the beginning of your max contract. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, look at Anthony Davis. You know, he was going to re-up because he wants that money, mm-hmm. but he's, he didn't want to play for the Pelicans. No. But, you know, then don't take the contract. Go into free agency. Sign with who you want to sign with. Take but the pay cut. A lot of these players know, too, if I re-sign with my team, not only can I get my super max or more money than I can from another team, but then I can also kind of force my way to a certain team that I want to play with that might not have that money. I mean, think about it. The Nets didn't have the money to go out there and just sign James Harden, no. but he really wanted to play on that team, so he forced his way there. Um, which, quick side note, pretty funny that 76ers didn't want to give up Ben Simmons to get James Harden, and now uh, Daryl Morey just is begging for James Harden. Yep. So, you know, Daryl probably should have given up Ben Simmons. For sure, but this was before that situation. So here's here's my thing. How about if we do this rule where the players forfeit their salary? Say you sign a five-year max, you know, the max that you can only get with the team that signed, you, you mm-hmm. know, with the bird rights or whatever. Um, and then you demand to be traded. You have to sacrifice whatever that fifth year payment was. So if you're supposed to make, um, you know, five years, one hundred and eighty million, um, versus if another team signed you for four years and one hundred and forty, you should be able. You have to sacrifice that gap right there. You know, that being said, I'm actually for them losing a chunk of their salary I agree. because again, but I'm talking. I like the seventy percent. Seventy percent. I like it. You it know. is more incentive for them not to, um, you know, request the trade. It's getting ridiculous. I, I agree. Or keep it behind doors. I think it should be one of those situations where if you're a couple years into your max contract, fine. I will like it's not the same thing. But you know, when you're one or two years in, that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It even kicks in. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, you, you just signed that contract to get your money. You knew exactly what you were doing. Or, hear me out, you could be like Cleveland and just keep Kevin Love for no reason. Well, Kevin Lo- I think that was a desperation move because they're like, Kevin Lo- Love is a star, right? We think? Yeah, but they won't trade him. He literally has given up on that team how many times? Well, they want to trade him. No one wants him. Yeah, I know, but at the same time. I made that joke about the corpse of LaMarcus Aldridge, the, the corpse of Kevin Love. That guy's got nothing left in the tank. Uh, I, I like Kevin Love. He's a good player in some ways, I guess. But I wouldn't mind him on the Celtics. At this point in his career, he's sure as hell not a max contract guy. No, definitely not. They signed him because he was the only person left from their championship. <laughs> he was the only one left. Everyone else is gone. And they're like, I guess I'll take the white power forward. Yep. 
who hey, he was one of the uh, few players who have uh, got a thirty thirty game uh, in the last like twenty years. So. What is that? Playing for thirty seconds and making thirty million? No, a thirty year? points and thirty rebounds. Uh, all right, all right, Dwight all right. Howard and uh, I saw the stat floating around. I can't remember who the other guy was, but. Um, uh, probably Drummond. That sounds like no, a Drummond stat. Drummond really? Thing. Yeah, no, he didn't get the 30 points. Um, it was like some random player from like the mid-2000s. I just can't remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, it was him and Dwight. Um, but, yeah, honestly, like I I still think he should go to Portland while we're on the subject of Kevin Love. And <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be an interesting move. Um, you know, the only my only issue with that would be is he healthy enough and can he move enough? Because if he can't move to play the four – then uh, he doesn't fit that team. Right. Um, Because if he can move and play the four, almost like how Anthony Davis can still play the four, Mm -hmm. then that's worth it. You know, you can still have, uh, who is it, Yusef Nurkic out there? Yeah. You could still have him play the five. He's a good center. I know he's coming off that horrible injury he suffered two years ago, and it's been a slow progress back. Yeah. um, You know, uh, oh, my God, the Nets have Paul Millsap too? Is there anyone they don't have? It's like they went out and got the they all. They don't have Kevin Love. Yeah, they got the all 2015 <laughs> All Star team. I know, seriously. But uh, they, got, they got Patty Mills. They got Patty Mills, Lamarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, somewhere I think. Uh, I, I gotta say though that Patty Mills signing was really good. Um, I don't like the I, money though. I feel like well, they knew Kyrie wasn't gonna be there. I feel like. I don't they, know, they man. Had, they had to have an inkling. Um, I mean, either way, I don't know where they came up with all this money. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But that being said, you know, I, I think something has to be done for these players that just demand their way out of yeah, town. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, it is a player's league now, but, like, I and, you know, you don't want the teams to have all the power. I understand that. But if you are asking for a trade, I agree completely that you should be taking a pay cut because you're not only screwing your team that you're leaving, you're also kind of screwing with the other team that trades for you most uh-huh. likely because they're also going to, like, chip into their salary cap and it's going to ruin their future because they also have to throw in, like, three or four draft picks to get a max player. But that being said, though, I mean, in some ways the team trading for you is winning in the sense that they're they're sending guys who they're not equating. I mean, look at what's going on with Ben Simmons right now. He The best trade offer that I've seen so far has been Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert. I love Malcolm Brogdon. He is a phenomenal point guard. He's a hard-nosed defender. You want to talk about Marcus Smart being a good 50, defender? 40, 90 club. I would take Malcolm Brogdon any day of the week on this Celtic squad. Um, but, you know, it was him and Levert for Ben Simmons, and they said no. Well, you know, again, this is what I said earlier. Daryl probably should have set Ben Simmons for James Harden, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah, and then Ben Simmons would have done the exact same thing to Houston. Uh, no, that was that was going, going to Indy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Daryl Morey, he fumbled his own bag in that sense. You know, if he got James Harden in the Sixers team, I think they're a championship contender. Yeah, him and Embiid. And Tobias, too. And, Tobias. and I'm not a big Tobias fan, but if he's your third fiddle, you know, you have Harden and Embiid doing all the scoring, and then you have Tobias just picking mm-hmm. up the garbage from there. You got playing defense. Oh, that guy's a good defender. Yeah, and Seth Curry's still on that team? Seth Curry is still on that team. Yeah. yeah. But that's what kills me too. Tybal was a Celtic. Yeah. And we got rid of him. You know, and you're gonna tell me we couldn't use a three and D guy like that to replace someone like Marcus Smart. Well, even then, we're talking about we went out and got Josh Richardson and we signed him to a contract extension because he's a three and D guy. We could have just drafted Tybal and paid a fraction of that. Yeah. But instead, let's keep getting our Grant Williams because they hustle. <laughs> and he fights but, Marcus Smart. And he fights Marcus Smart. Well, I, I kind of want to keep him for that yeah, reason, right. but you know. Um, 
Let's uh, pivot over now to what your Celtics season prediction is. Where do you see this team finishing, especially with all the Ben Simmons drama, Kyrie Irving drama, and everything else going around, especially in the Eastern Conference? Um, so I think, you know, this year, I'm not going to say we're going to be in the top three. I think we c- could easily get fourth in the uh, Eastern Conference standings. Um, definitely not a play-in tournament team like we like barely were last year. Um, but I can see us, as long as everyone stays healthy, you know, COVID doesn't just run rampant again. Um I I pred- probably four seed around fifty wins roughly. Who would you have above them? Um, Milwaukee, um, obviously the Brooklyn Nets, and then. Would you have the Sixers? Probably the Sixers, yeah. So I look at the Celtics squad, and I understand we're not superstar heavy. But the way this team was built, I'm not going to lie. I see us being a top three team this year. We are deep, man. I don't know if you've looked at our complete squad yet. We are deep. But we have players who have started for other teams coming off our bench. Finally, we have a bench. We're not just rolling out there young guys and Facts. hoping for the best. You know, and I, don't get me wrong, some of the young guys, you know, Danny Ainge right now is probably drinking his uh, tea with his pinky out right now saying, oh, yeah, y'all gave me a whole bunch of shit for Aaron Neesmith. He's looking pretty good right now. Peyton Pritchard, yeah, dropped 90 in a Drew League Playing game. in a mask. But, you know, it's, it's some of these picks that Ainge made have started to pan out. Even Romeo is starting to play a little bit yep. now. I mean, he worked on his jump shot hard and he's a good defender as well. So some of these young guys are finally starting to turn around. But at the same time, we needed more veteran presences on yeah. that team. And, you know, I've seen some talk about Al possibly being in the starting lineup. Uh, but if he's not and he comes off the bench, that just makes our bench even better. Exactly. And honestly, like, it's one thing to have all these, you know, talented young guys with potential. But if you don't have the right veterans in the locker room showing them how to win those games that are just, you know, in the middle of February where you're just dead, tired, mm-hmm. don't want to be playing, like, and wins are just hard to come by. You Not need, even you just You need that. a veteran. You to... need playoff people too, man. I mean, mm-hmm. think about when you're in the playoffs. You need people who have been in the shit. And, you know, you got that now. You finally have that. Jason Tatum has been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice now. Yep, same uh, with Jalen. Same with Jalen. I always forget Jalen's played a year longer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have Josh Richardson. He's made the playoffs before. Al Horford. Al Horford, obviously. He's been, he, I mean, he's been in the East Conference Finals with us. Yep. Um, who else do we got there? Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, playoff guy. NBA champion. Uh, did he, he want a chip? I don't think he won a chip. No? No, yeah, that was, bef- oh, that was the year, year before. After, yeah. yeah, the Lakers got him to improve that yeah, squad because yeah. they thought he was going to take it to the next level. Right. Yeah, so they they got some talent on this team finally. And I really, I truly think that this will help put us, I don't want to say over the over the edge because I don't think it's going to make us a championship. finals? I think I think there's a serious chance for that. You know, if and if we sign the trade done and make a good move, like um, Evan Fournier, if we made an Evan Fournier type move this trade deadline, I I don't I don't see why we couldn't make the finals. Right. Yeah. If we honestly, Mark, like circling back to Marcus Smart, that's a great trade chip to have in your bag for you know. Oh, we're you know we're doing all right. You know we're four or five seed right now, but we're just one piece away to pushing us to the top. Especially, you know, Embiid's definitely going to get injured. KD's probably going to miss a bunch of games. Harden's probably going to miss a bunch of games. Kyrie's probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, the East is deep this year. You got Atlanta, who, what, made it to the... Atlanta doesn't worry me, to be honest. I think Atlanta's extremely overrated. I I, if you, I know Trey Young is going to... He's going to eat out there shooting those threes. He's going to keep cooking. You know, he's going he's gonna to get whatever he wants out there. 
But, you know, the rest of the team doesn't really scare me. I'm big on John Collins. John Collins is a good player. But, you know, at the same time, you know, with Clint Cabello out there, he's looked a little limited. Catching lobs all day. But, you know, I just, I, I, I don't see that team as a serious threat. To me, they're still at least two years away from being a threat. Yeah. Um, the but, Knicks, but same they'll, thing. they'll be tough. I think the Knicks are going to have our number this year. One, because Boston-New York rivalry. Two, because of Kemba. I yeah. think Kemba's going to drop probably 35 on us every single time we play against him. It's funny with Kemba. I think he's either going to drop 35 or, or he's going to be yeah non-existent. <laughs> and, I mean, that being said, that was kind of Kemba's whole thing when he was with the Celtics. You yeah. know, there would be games where, like, wow, we have Kemba Walker. And then it's then it's like, wow, we have Kemba Walker. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so I think that's – and then Trey Young, um, again – has a point to prove. I think he's going to ball this year. The Heat are looking pretty good. The Heat, I mean, Kyle Lowry, I think, is a huge addition to that team. That team is just dogs. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think the big issue with the Heat will be how far Tyler Hero takes them. Yeah. If Tyler Hero is the Tyler Hero that we saw in the bubble, then that Heat squad is a team to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. But if it's Tyler Hero that's too busy worrying about getting with Instagram models and trying to be a cool guy... I'm not scared of the Heat. I yeah. mean, he he was awful last year. He looked like he turned into a pumpkin. Jason Tatum, I mean, he still rips into this guy. He cannot stand him. He said he was a bubble fluke. <laughs> and so, and I mean, and honestly, so um, back to Horford, I think he is a great Adebayo stopper. Like, I hope not, so. Not stopper, but because I don't think anyone's like. I think uh, Adebayo can be stopped. I, yeah, I mean, but I don't think we like an Embiid can stop him. A Jokic can stop him, but like I don't think we have like that kind of center that's going to stop him, but definitely limit him. You know, I think. I think, I, to be honest, this is where I disagree with you in the sense that I think Horford could. You know, Horford is a heady defender, and I think that's the kind of guy you need to stop Adebayo. Adebayo, I mean, he has a nice little 12-foot jump shot, Yeah, uh, you know, if you leave him wide open. Horford's not going to leave him wide open. No. Horford is long. You know, he's a good defender in that sense, and he's smart. He's going to he's gonna make Adebayo play exactly the way he wants him to. It's because he's going to fall in love with those beautiful eyes every time he dribbles down the Exactly, court. you know. He's going to be thinking to. about Anna Horford, you yeah. know. <laughs> But, you know, that's all the time we have today, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. You know, hope to see you guys again next week for Episode 3. Episode 3. Again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Two Shots at the Line with Nick and Skur. I'm Nick. I'm Skur. See you later, guys. Peace.